Hello and welcome back to the Hotshot Tottenham podcast. I'm joined alongside Chris Sadd today. Peace out. Good evening. Good evening. And it's a complete mess of Tottenham Hotspur right now. Uh, Sacking. You name it. Um, I've never known a time when everything just seems to be just a total shambles at the club as what, what it is now. And I've seen a few shambles over many years. But on and off the pitch, there's so many things that are wrong with the club. And they just seem to be just burying their heads in the sand and digging themselves into a deeper hole with everything that's going on. What's your thoughts on the Conte leaving? Uh, not a surprise, given what happened. Uh, he's sort of rant at, uh, after the Southampton game. There's clearly been a breakdown there between him and the players. That doesn't excuse the players, because it seems that they throw their toys out of the pram uh, and the manager ends up leaving. Um, not a surprise the football this season has been dire really let's face it how many games has anyone enjoyed us playing even though we, when we've won very rarely have you come away thinking yeah that was a really good performance um, don't really understand what we've been trying to achieve tactically all season Conte if you, you know, he got his top four last season that was the, that was the highlight of his time with us who knows what he was promised when he joined the club. We clearly didn't deliver him the quality players that he probably would have asked for and maybe we promised him. I don't know. The fact that he's stuck with playing this system, game in, game out, and we just didn't seem to ever want to change it. I mean, the Champions League game was just a classic case, wasn't it, really? like We're, we're crying out to, to score a goal and I didn't see any real desire from the players on the pitch. I didn't see... The manager trying to instruct them to get forward. We just stuck to the same system. And then even when we had a man sent off, we bring on Davison Sanchez when we're still chasing a goal. To me, that that was the game when probably the game was up with Conte. That uh, There was no useful purpose for him staying there. Daniel Levy clearly was going to keep him there for as long as he could because top four is now clearly the, the only ambition that the club has. Not just this season. I think the events of recent weeks have kind of just made it crystal clear that the top four is... That's it. That is the, that is the sole ambition of um, this football club. So, I'm not, I'm not jumping up and down and pleased that he's gone. Because, let's face it, he came to us with a huge reputation. He'll probably go on and win things somewhere else. I've not been impressed with how inflexible he's proved to be. He has been flexible, hasn't he? I don't think he has. Yeah, he's switched to a from a, a five two, uh, five to three, five two three to a, a five two. What? Yeah, but we, to just it just insist on playing with wing backs, regardless of whether you've actually got any players that can play that position or any good, and not change during games when sometimes it's clear that you need to change the systems. I don't understand it. I don't. Ha- I don't but know how you, you could become such a we, top manager with just being so inflexible. He has done that, hasn't he? I don't think he has. I, I, I honestly believe that he got to the stage with Tottenham where he knew he wasn't going to be hanging around for long. And he, he said, well, I'm doing it my way. Uh, I told the club what I needed when I came to the club. Uh, they haven't given me the plan. Look at someone like Jed Spence being the prime example. And so he, he just basically, I think, was sticking two fingers up to the, the club and the board and saying, I'm doing it my way. I'm Antonio Conte. You ever like it or lump it? Um... And you know much of what he, much of what he said in his rant after the Southampton game was was true. 
that, that Tottenham have had a loser's mentality for many, many years. Uh, and I know he, he supposedly clarified his comments afterwards and said they were aimed at the players. Well, that, that dig about 20 years, they don't win nothing. Well, that was aimed at the owners. And I think the truth hurts sometimes. Um, the players always seem to get off scot-free. So in many ways, fair play to him for, for digging them out as well. But as I said, they're, they're seeing off, they've seen off yet another manager. Anything you want to add on to the... Um, I was time? very much, really, really... I wanted him when he came to Spurs. I wanted him before he'd even come to Spurs. And I thought, we're in, we're, if, he's, if he's willing to come aboard, maybe we're finally sort of going to act like a big club. Um, and everything was, everything was pointing to that direction last May. But everything that's followed it has been a huge disappointment. And I say that knowing that we're fourth in the table. I do not believe we're going to be fourth in the table at the end of the season. And the sad thing about everything at the moment um, is that I actually I don't really care. Because what is the point of getting back in the Champions League for another season to then to then do what we did this season? Where we kind of, we you know we didn't represent England if you want to put it like that in any kind of way. We anyone watching us would have been bored to tears in most of the games we played, and you know the way we went out against Milan, who were not a very good team, was was embarrassing. So what's the point of qualifying for a tournament if that's all you're going to do? If we're just qualifying for the thing to bring in the money for Daniel Levy, to then get knocked out at the first you know in the last sixteen, what's the point? I'd sooner us win, try and win, win a trophy every season, even if that's the Europa League. What, what about Conte's grant, where he said about changing the manager won't change the situation at the club? Well, that's that. You can't argue with, with it because they keep they keep changing managers. I mean, God knows how many managers Daniel Levy has had. I, I don't. We might well come on to it later, but it, it, to me, Levy is incapable of looking in the mirror and and seeing what he's got wrong. It's everyone else's fault, it seems. Uh, about the timing of the sacking. Oh, the time on Sunday night. Well, that's just another typical Spurs Levy stunt. They've done this before. You've got some bad news, or you've got some slightly embarrassing news that doesn't reflect well on the club, doesn't reflect well on the owners. I'll tell you what. Let's 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 slip that news out at nearly half past ten on a Sunday night, where most people would be going to bed or gone to bed. And a lot of the, the news media will be caught unawares about it, so that it won't feature prominently in the in the news. Avoid attention. Avoid, yeah, that's just. There's no other explanation for for announcing something like that at twenty past ten on on a Sunday night, purely to avoid scrutiny, and avoid any bad publicity. Well, that worked out very well for the club, didn't it? Given what's what's happened this week, but it's just another typical thing. I've I've seen Spurs under Enoch do this many times never actually front up and, and and come out and actually explain what's going on uh, just slip out some bad news when hopefully no one's watching what about context replacement then we'll move on to that Stellini Ryan Mason assistant uh, no manager now no again manager. that just adds to the the bizarre uh, situation with, with the club really you've got to assume that Stellini was there and, and you know completely on board with what Conte wanted to do the way what Conte wanted uh, what Conte thinks he may be a slightly more popular sort of individual amongst the players because he's been number two so he's not had to make any awkward decisions but he's still Conte's man so 
for the club to part company with com to part company with Conte and keep his number two at the club and then ask him to take over for the rest of the season, that 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 doesn't make a huge amount of sense to me either. Other than they simply they were simply hoping to carry on with Conte and muddle through for the rest of the season. They then realised that simply was not going to happen, and they've got no other alternatives. Uh, and 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 then what must be only be some sort of panic mode. Well, let's give the job to Stellini, and and that meant they've always possibly giving severance pay to all of other Conte's other people that are at the club. Anything else you want to add on to that? Well, I, I think Stellini. Look, he's a number two, isn't he? He's got no track record as a, as a manager. He's been handed what I would call a hospital pass here, really. Because what's what's what's? Can you? He's got no real authority there. That the players that have have let us down uh, for a long time now, well, they're not going to really be playing for Stellini, are they? They'll just be playing for themselves. Okay. So no, it's again, it's another another baffling move. But ten games left of the season, ten crucial games, or is it not big? I suppose you could say they are. I mean, I suppose let's face it: if they're they're in the Champions League next season, that that might make them a more attractive proposition. Uh, to to players or and to a new manager potentially, but as I said, uh, I'm struggling to get too worked up about all that. Really, I think I think we deserve to finish sixth or seventh this season. You, I mean, you, like I said to you before, you ask people that are not Spurs fans but have not actually got an axe to grind, actually don't mind Spurs. And when I speak to them about watching Spurs this season, they all say the same thing to me. They just say we've been bored to tears watching Spurs and how on earth are you fourth in the table because people have hardly seen us string together one good 90 minute performance um, so I don't know how we're fourth yes we have a, we've still got a chance of finishing fourth but you, I just I do not believe we will even though this weekend if we were to win at Everton we could actually be in a, in a stronger position than where we are right now points wise but overall, I, I can't see this team going to Liverpool and Newcastle and, and getting results in those fixtures at all because I think they'll just crumble uh, because there's a distinct lack of leadership and, and fight within this bunch of players. Uh, and it's really like a stuck record. We've been, I've been saying the same kind of thing about us now for three or four seasons. And, and all Conte did was to provide a, a little sort of boost and... I'm afraid that there's too many players there that are just not up to the job. That's 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 a whole other story. There's a massive clear out required of the players we've got there at the moment. Yet alone the players that are all going to be coming back from loan, uh, and that that's a job way beyond any one manager and any one transfer window to sort out. So good luck to whoever actually does take the Spurs job. There's a whole yeah onto that then. whole heap of problems to sort on, out. Onto that one. Yeah. Who's your favourite replacement? Uh, Pochettino or Nagelsmann? Um, well, you could probably throw in someone else as well because there's, there's a lot of stuff coming out today about Vincent Company. Yeah, it may all just be paper talk, people putting two probably. two together. But out of those two I just named, yeah, who would you rather take? Who would I rather take? I mean, Nagelsmann has clearly got something about him. Um, his Leipzig team was it three years ago now outplayed us in the Champions League. I know the club tried to. Tried to sign him then, or around that time, possibly after Pochettino left, I believe. Um, and maybe again two years ago, I don't know. So he certainly got he certainly had some fans at, at Spurs. But 
I don't know, you'd have to really question people's sanity to want to come and take the job as as we stand at the moment. I think he could, he, he looks like the sort of guy that could come in here and actually start to bring about the kind of real shake-up that we desperately need. Bocciatino, because he's already been down this road once before, I would just seriously question whether he would have it in him to do the, the job all over again. He would get given more time though, wouldn't he? He would be given more time in some ways because if he was to be appointed tomorrow or in May, that would placate a large number of the fans to a certain extent because you'd feel that you're you're kind of in a safe with a safe pair of hands to an extent who would try and play good football and knows the club, but he'd be coming back to a club that's that's in a worse state really than, than the club that he left. And he's in probably a worse state now, maybe, than the club that he, he joined in 2014. I don't know. Difficult to say. All I would say about Pochettino is that if if he is in any, any kind of discussions or if he gets into any kind of discussions with Spurs, he should be absolutely demanding cast-iron guarantees from the owners that they're going to back him financially. And that means that he will be given the players that he says he wants. He will be given the authority to get rid of the players that he says need, needs to go. And if that means writing off millions of pounds, then so be it. Look at what Arsenal did. Um, so if that was him, I'd want that guarantee. And then I'd want several other guarantees as well that he's going to have the final say on any players that we buy, that he's not going to have club signings foisted upon him, which, again, that would break the habit of a lifetime. And, and if he doesn't want to work with a director of football, they won't have a director of football. Uh, to me, I would, I would, he should be in a strong position to demand all of those things. And I, I don't believe that Daniel Levy is ever going to allow a manager to have those things guaranteed. So the question would be, you know I mean, what conversations can Daniel Levy have with any of the people that he might be trying to assign and how many of them are actually going to turn around and say yes, to work under the same constraints as, as Levy imposes on his managers. We could be back, well, we are back. 20, if you remember 2021, that summer, the farcical summer when we had Ryan Mason as the caretaker, and then how many weeks or months did it take to actually appoint the wonderful Nuno? Well, yeah. It was like a circus, wasn't it? About 10 weeks. <laughs> so, you know, lots of people there didn't want to touch the barge pole in 2021. So what... Two years on, we're in exactly the same position. Only we're now we're now making it obvious for anyone that's watching just what a shambles of a club we are. So the question would be, why would someone like Nagelsmann want to want to even consider coming to Spurs? On to Paratici. On to Paratici. <laughs> uh, where do we start with him, Ben? It's uh, well a long story. It's a long story. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm I'm reading the last couple of days from lots of people, so this can't all just be made up, I don't believe, that that Spurs he knew he was under investigation for this stuff before we even signed him in 2021. Uh, that certainly seems to be the timeline here. And so whatever checks that were done, <laughs> it may be just like when we signed Undombele. I don't think anyone actually did any kind of uh, checking about what he was like as a person or his background. Uh, it clearly that Paratici, we just took him on blind faith. They've known about these sanctions. They've known that he's been banned from Italian football. That, that, that was in January. 
Uh, and now to suddenly act this week as if it's a major surprise that that this ban has has come about. You think, well, what, have these people just been put their heads in the sand? Do, do they just sort of do think this will just go away? I mean, I don't even know where to begin. Um, he Paratici appears, was it Tuesday night? With this sort of right. like self-made video from his iPhone... Um, where he looks like he's sitting in the corner of his front room or something. Um, whatever he said for five or six minutes was a complete load of nonsense. It didn't tell you anything. Um, and then for the very next day, the fact that he's then banned from football, surely someone at the club should have actually thought that maybe this isn't such a good idea. But no, they, they wheeled him out to try and make some kind of excuses to the, the mess that the club has got itself into. And then you couldn't make it out. The next day, he's banned from football. And then, and then instead of actually doing something about that, Tottenham, they then issue a statement to try and sort of justify the, the fact that they did this video that, uh, well, we didn't know. We, we had no idea he was going to be banned from football. We didn't know when we put the video out. Well, that's just another load of pathetic nonsense from the people running this club. And just entirely in keeping... With how the whole thing is, it's just falling apart now. And he, he's now stepped down. And now until, he's stepped down. And until and, the announcement of his case yeah. comes to an end. But that really should have happened a long time ago. It certainly should have happened from the minute he got banned on Wednesday morning. Um, the fact that he's been allowed to drag on yet again for a few more days. Uh, the fact that I'm not seeing any kind of a statement from Daniel Levy. Yet again, it just shows an appalling lack of leadership and an appalling lack of any kind of judgment. I think these people that are running the club are now so cut off from what the real world is. I do honestly believe they, that they really do think that everything they're doing is, is, is correct and they're not at fault for anything. And if I was advising them, you need to get some a powerful person onto that board that would tell them a few home truths about the mistakes that they've made and... They need to come out now and admit to the things they've got wrong, apologise and promise that they've learned. If they're not prepared to do that, then they should sell the club. But they're not going to sell the club, are they? Not unless you can find someone that's got £5 billion and a bit more to chuck at them. We're stuck with them. And the worst thing I think about them is that they just seem to be... The, the, the way they carry on, they're getting worse with each passing you year. You don't think we should, we should uh, be moaning at Joe Lewis more than Daniel Levy? Well, yeah, but what's the, what good's that going to do? The bloke's, bloke's never in the country. <laughs> Even if you moan at him, he's proved beyond any question for 22 years that he doesn't, couldn't care less what Spurs fans think of him. He's only just looking at the pound signs. But the thing is, yeah, Daniel Levy works for him, yeah? Yeah. He does what he's told, Daniel Levy, yeah. basically. Yeah. Gets more money. Mm-hmm. Basically does his job, yeah? Yeah. And then we moan at him, not Joe Lewis. Shouldn't it be Joe Levy? Well, yeah, you could moan at him, but you know, moan at Levy. Levy is the Levy is the supposed front man of the club. He does own, I believe, something like twenty nine percent of it. Yeah, but most of it's down to Joe Lewis, isn't it? Well, yeah, but he's made he's made an absolute fortune. I mean, I read that he got a, a five hundred thousand pound pay rise in the last few months on on the back of what exactly? I, I don't know. You can be sure that in Daniel Levy's contract yearly contract, his targets are not to win trophies for Spurs. His targets are to, to show on the balance sheet ever-increasing revenues and ever-increasing profits. 
and so his targets are completely not aligned with our targets as supporters of the club and it's I mean, I, I've, just, I've long suspected this, but the, the recent statements that they've come out about the fact we've been in Europe for however many seasons it is out of the last 15 years, um, finishing fourth is so clearly now the limit of the ambition of this club. And I, if you've got Levy to ever admit this somewhere, not that you ever would, I have no doubt that, that he would much sooner finish fourth every year than ever win a trophy, because that's where the money is. And that, that's, that's the ultimate motivation for these people. And while you're talking about money, there seems to be a lot of rumours coming around that they're going to put up season ticket prices. Yeah, we'll go into that now, actually. Yeah. Uh, where does all of us leave Daniel Levy in the situation? Well, first of all, if he puts up ticket prices, it will just it will show even more, as if any more proof is needed, that the man just sticks his head in the sand uh, and doesn't take it out of the sand. Uh, and they do not listen and they do not care and they'll just carry on doing what they're doing because they, they don't think they're doing anything wrong. I mean, ticket prices, there's no justification in, in rising them. What, what possible justification is there in rising them at this moment in time, other than they think they can get away with it? But then, but then that's really what they've been doing for 22 yeah. years. They've but been getting away with it. There'll be enough people out there to buy the season tickets, won't there? And well, I dare say that even if they put them up by 6% or something, like, which is the figure that is being banded around, and this clearly has come from someone within the club, possibly testing the water as to how it's going to go down. Well, uh, I mean, everything that they do suggests to me that they'll probably next week, probably at half past ten on Sunday night again, they'll, they'll announce that the prices are going up because I do believe the season ticket renewals are supposed to be being sent out next week. That's not even from a football side of view either, is it? It's from a financial point of view from families, isn't it? Well, yeah. Cost of living. Yeah. Can't so, afford it. You would think, at this moment in time, why does the club need any extra revenue from season tickets? It doesn't. It's already making fortunes, but it's just pure greed. And that, unfortunately, is what you're dealing with here. You're dealing with people running this club that are just money-obsessed and do not listen to advice. I do believe that Levy is surrounded on that board with just a bunch of people that, that tell him how wonderful everything is, tell him he's always right, and they're all just like living in their own little bubble, cut off from reality. And not only are they doing that now, they're now showing themselves to be just serially incompetent with the, the things that have happened in recent weeks, especially this week. I mean, you do have to wonder what is going on there. I have no idea. Well, <laughs> more to talk about um, the next podcast, isn't there? Well, it'd be nice to talk more about football, wouldn't it? Yeah, then... Money. Well, let's time. face it, the football hasn't been uh, entertaining or great at all this season, is it? But a Spurs podcast should really be about football, not about not. bloody Daniel Levy and uh, his merry men on that board. Well, anything else to say? Or <laughs> No, no, do you? I mean, you surely like, someone could do a better job. I'm looking at a plant there on the, on the side. That would do a better <laughs> job than Daniel Levy right now. Well, just thanks for listening to the Hotshot Top podcast, and we'll see you on a. Next podcast coming up soon. Goodbye.